Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Life in the Red podcast. Luke Mullen and Amy just back at you. After, you know, it's, it's been a few days. We let things cool off. We got a lot to talk about, uh, a lot of important basketball action. And of course, we want to preview spring football right around the corner uh, as we record this. Just about to start. Lots of other sports going on as well. Uh, but lots of big action in basketball. And let's just get started with uh, postseason. Postseason is here. We've been watching some March Madness, uh, getting those results in. Some A lot of fun games uh, so far already. Bracket busted. My final four is intact. And my Elite Eight, I believe, is intact. But other, I mean, I picked a lot of upsets that didn't go the right way. So, but I did get the Furman one. So I regret. For me. I highly regret taking <laughs> Virginia. Uh, but what are you going to do about it? Hey, I know someone who had Arizona winning, so. Fair enough, yeah. Couldn't be me. <laughs> Rock chalk, baby. Could always be worse. Yes, yes, it could. <laughs> but here in Lincoln, uh, the only postseason basketball we got going on right now, women's NIT, uh, already underway, already a game in. Mm-hmm. Nebraska, one of the first teams uh, to start that tournament. But just to back it up a little bit as to how they got there, uh, lost to Michigan State second round exit from the Big Ten tournament. Already, you know, they were already kind of falling off the bubble, certainly for the NCAA tournament. But that loss, you know, really, really kind of cemented things. But hey, they get a, a high seed if there was a seed in, in that in the women's NIT. At least, you know, they get to host, um, you know, their setup. Um, and that, I think it's interesting, you know, how they divide it up regionally, um, which is which is kind of interesting to limit down on travel. But they get started hosting uh, Missouri State and Came out with a very strong effort, 74-65 win in that one. Yeah, it. I mean, Sam Hybe just would not be denied in the paint. I think all of her attempts, but her last one, were layups. All of them. And Missouri State just couldn't stop her. And that's what she wanted. She's like, I'm going to keep attacking the paint until they can stop me, and they never did. So that's the key to victory. Um, obviously, uh Izzy Bourne, Double Double Machine, Jazz Shelley's half-court buzzer beater was one of my favorite things I've seen all season. Oh, absolutely. That was she fun to watch. She just chucked it up there um, and nothing but that. Great. Yeah, I mean, it, it was very close to, I think it was like a five-point game or something like that when she made that shot. So, I mean, that was big. You know, it, it helps helps you take on some momentum. But yeah, I thought it, you know, it was good performance. Um, it wasn't, maybe you'd want to see him separate a little bit more because, you know, it was kind of like Missouri State hung around a little bit. But, hey, they're, they're a strong team as well. Obviously, you make the postseason, you're going to be pretty good. And next up, hey, another home game uh, here coming to PBA, Northern Iowa. Come to town 2 p.m. on Sunday. They beat Colorado State 88-76 in their first round game. And winner of that will advance to the Sweet 16, potential matchup against either Missouri, Kansas, or Western Kentucky. Uh, depending on how those other matchups shake out, couple a uh, couple of schools that you're you're pretty familiar with there. <laughs> yes, yes. So, what worries me about Northern Iowa is that that's a really high scoring game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while since Nebraska was in a game. High scoring is that like, do you need to score ninety points to win? It's been a while, so gonna have to up the pace. Rebounds are gonna be incredibly important. Um, Nebraska did not have a great rebounding day uh, against Missouri State, uh, like their fifth lowest on mm. the season, um, something like that. 
Celtics. So they really need to shore that up and uh, their defense uh, needs to take a step forward as well. Um, I haven't dove into you and I quite yet, but just looking at the, the surface, uh, that could be a high-scoring game. And Nebraska needs to you know, continue to do what they do best. And we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, if they play Kansas, um, which I'm shocked that Kansas didn't make the NCAA tournament, um, they deserve to be there. Yeah, I had um, a great year. Yeah. It's uh, baloney uh, that they didn't make that tournament. Um, but uh, one of the blemishes on their resume came right before Christmas when they lost to Nebraska in a triple overtime thriller at PBA. That I watched on TV because I did not want to make the trek out with the terrible weather. But yeah, that would be a fun rematch. Uh, plenty of good storylines there if that were to come to fruition. Yeah, so a, a lot of a lot of talented teams in this grouping right now, and as you mentioned, that that Northern Iowa matchup will be pretty tough. But Sunday, hoping you know maybe a a big home crowd will come out. Uh, you know, see see what they can do because of course this uh, this women's team is trying to make. A deep postseason run. Um, already one one game in, a few more to go. Uh, so we'll see what Amy Williams' group uh, can do with that. But on the flip side of things, uh, the men's team, no no postseason basketball. Uh, they're done for the year after that one and done at the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, so in my talking with my sources, the Nebraska team knew that they probably needed to win two mm -hmm. at the tournament to uh, have a chance at sniffing the NIT. Um, obviously that didn't happen. They were on the bubble. Uh, North Carolina dropped out too good for the NIT. <laughs> um, and I just, I feel like they, Nebraska would have needed one or two more teams, uh, to bow out for them to, to get a chance. So they knew that they were done. They were holding out hope, right? But they knew it was over. Um, you know, two years in a row where they have, Fun late season runs, uh, but ultimately, uh, no more Myers basketball for them. Um, and so, it's a quick turnaround uh, as they look to the future. There's a lot of people to replace. Derek Walker is a huge loss. So is Sam Greasel and Bandamel. And then two players have already gone into the transfer portal as of this recording. Um, Oleg Kojanets and Dunham Dawson have thrown their names into the ring there. Um, who knows if there could be more, um, the average, the last few years has been three. So that's what you're seeing around the country. Um, but the biggest piece of the off season is they need to figure out what Casey Tomonaga is doing. Um, and it's a huge decision for him, right? So he can come back or he can, test the NBA waters if he would like to do so. Um, some people are like, what? Like, he's not ready for that. Just because you're not ready for that doesn't mean that's not valuable information that you can get. So when somebody now uh, tests the NBA waters, they can get an agent to help them through the process, and they can get evaluated from, you know, that standpoint, what they need to do to get better, to give them a better chance at playing professionally. And I think that would be smart for Casey to do. That doesn't help Nebraska with the timeline. Um, Cause if he 
declares to do that. Um, the withdrawal date is like midnight on uh, May 31st. So essentially June 1st. Mm -hmm. um, that's a long time. Uh, but Keisei is so important uh, to what they're doing that, you know, you hope he comes back, but we'll see what happens there. But I expect not knowing for sure what he's going to do for quite some time. And always he could go play professionally in Japan. Um, he turned down pretty significant money last season to go over there. So he would only expect with the season that he had that the, the numbers would go up drastically. Uh, but his goal, and he hasn't been shy about this, is playing in the NBA. And I don't know what it would take for him playing professionally in Japan to make the jump to play in the NBA. Like, I don't know if there's a pathway mm -hmm. uh, for that to happen or if he'd need to be a trailblazer in that regard. So wouldn't surprise me if he sticks around here, um, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he left. Got a big decision to make. Absolutely. It's a, a really good point you bring up, too, about the evaluation process that they get before the NBA draft. Because, I mean, that you figure for obviously for a guy who has those NBA aspirations, I mean, that's, that's going to be your go-to to figure out exactly how the league kind of views you or, you know, if you have the potential to raise your stock with another year. So I'll be very interested to see when we might hear about that and, and his plans. Yeah. Selfishly, I'd love him to come back. I think he's super fun to watch, but yeah. that's his decision to make. So. And I, I, I think too, it, it kind of changes the trajectory of the off season too, because you lose Kese, it's like, okay, you got to go out, get another three-point shooter, or a different guard, you know, who you, who you can expect to contribute as a scorer because, hey, there, there's not going to be a lot of a lot of players in the portal uh, that have produced at a level that, that Kese has over the last few years. So it's it definitely changes the, the impact and I guess the, the type of players that they might go after in the portal. Yeah, absolutely. And regardless of what Kese does, I think they need to go get a shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, because you lose Sam yep. Greasel. Um, and then, you know, CJ Wilcher has been, you know, the guy that they've tapped to be that other shooter, an up and down season for him. Um, and if you lose Kese, you desperately need like two shooters. And then a point guard, like a true point guard. Uh, Sam Greasel ran point for them last year um, with Ramel Lloyd redshirting. And Karan McPherson being hurt. Those were the other two uh, point guards on the roster, um, scholarship point guards on the roster. Um, so Emmanuel Bandamel had to run point a little bit. So getting a point guard will be important for them, especially since we're not sure quite yet what uh, Ramel and uh, McPherson are going to do. Um, they haven't said anything either way, is what I mean by that. So point guard's super important. And then you have to get a big. Or two. Um, you lose a leg. That is the definition of a big. He's like seven feet tall. <laughs> Pretty big. And then obviously you lose Derek Walker as well. So you have Blaze Kada, You have Wilhelm Breidenbach. Um, again, but um, you, need, you need somebody else. Um, as we've seen this season with Blaze being hurt, you need that depth. Um, how does Blaze come back from that? Not sure. Hopefully good. Uh, but high ankle sprains are nothing to mess with. So God, he's getting some rest um, and can focus on recovery from that. So yeah, going to be an interesting off season and the wheels are 
burning as we speak. For sure. Classic uh, college basketball off, off season mm -hmm. now as March Madness goes on, teams start to figure out how to retool and you know put together their rosters for next season. So we will see Nebraska will be active uh, as always and some decisions to come in the next few weeks. So uh, that's how things stand right now for basketball. But as we move into spring football, uh, right around the corner as we record this, uh, starts on Monday, first spring practice of the year. We'll be there. We'll get to get a, a little glimpse at what uh, the Matt Rule era looks like, at least in terms of a normal practice uh, to start things off, a, you know, a first kind of baseline level. Uh, but as we kind of look ahead to this, I've set up some kind of burning questions or, or topics that we need some answers, some clarification for this spring. Uh, and at the top of that list is, of course, the quarterback position. Uh, the first burning question we've got today, how will Jeff Sims look running the offense this spring? Uh, which is very interesting because Casey Thompson, Logan Smothers, these guys are going to be out, uh, sidelined at least very, very not, uh, not able to participate at the same level Sims will be. Uh, so there's a lot to be seen and determined in this quarterback competition, but Sims will probably get that first crack at it at running that first team offense. Yeah, I think it's going to be just incredibly interesting to watch. Um, they brought him in for a reason, right? Um, but I am saying this now on St. Patrick's Day. Um, try not to read too much into how things go in spring, especially at that position, because you can't have a true competition if Casey and Logan can't go and even if they go like they're not going to be a hundred percent right like they're not going to be able to do the same things so if he's out there making really pretty passes and slinging it and doing beautiful things with the wide receivers that they have that's great but don't read too much into it just because casey and logan aren't there to defend themselves for sure <laughs> no i mean you're you're totally right for me it's it's kind of a question of how much does you know, Sims take these different offensive concepts and really, you know, mm -hmm. ingrain them because you do need those reps, you know, you need those, those situations in practice. And so, you know, it's like, Hey, he might be able to gain a little bit of a leg up, but like you said, the, the real competition will be in the fall. That's pretty much how it is for any position, let alone quarterback. Um, you know, and again, it'll depend on those guys health. But I think the other interesting thing is with Thompson and Smothers out, you look at the other quarterbacks, Chubba Purdy, Richard Torres, and Heinrich Harburg. What can those guys do? You know, they, Matt Rule has said multiple times, you know, you get this clean slate. He wants guys to come in. Doesn't matter where you were on the depth chart last year. So all three of those guys, uh, they've scholarship quarterbacks, guys that have, you know, hoped to come and, you know, maybe work their way up the depth chart. Of course, Chubba got some chances on the field last year, but be very interested to see uh, how those three guys kind of shake out and may perhaps hear, you know, from the coaching staff, if any of them have, have impressed them as, as quarterbacks. Yeah. Regardless of who you are and how much experience you have, reps, even in practice, even in spring ball, are super valuable. And so I'm going to be looking for those guys to make the most of the opportunity that they have. Because there, there are only so many reps that you get, right? And with Casey and Logan not being able to participate, that gets them more of them. So... Uh, they need to make the most of it. Absolutely. And second, second question we have, let's move to the uh, defensive side of the ball. Uh, how does Tony White's 3-3-5 scheme start to take shape up front? Um, in particular, I want to identify, you know, that 
that defensive line kind of linebacker area because it, I think that that's the spot where you see a lot of this kind of positional versatility or, you know, you, you've got guys who you can line up in a lot of different spots uh, because, you know, you're, you're looking at kind of a nose tackle, bigger guy at that front, two defensive ends. Uh, but after that, I mean, it's like who who lines up at those ends? You know, what's the distinction between an edge rusher? That's what we had last year. And then, of course, you know, the linebackers, Luke Reimer, Nick Henrik, these guys have been so solid, but they've kind of been injured a little bit. So, you know, you slot those two guys in, but where where do you find room for, say, a, a Chief Borders and MJ Sherman, these two really good transfers, uh, Elijah Judy also coming in, very high-rated uh, defensive line recruit. So there's a lot in the mix there. I'm just really interested to figure out where do they kind of like line these guys up in position or do they even care about that at this point? Yeah, that's the the big question for me. I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. What are they doing there? Yeah. Um, in interviews that we had with them earlier this season, they didn't know uh, what they wanted to do there just quite yet. Um, hopefully that picture gets painted a little clearer, though I don't know how quickly the defense is going to come together from a scheme standpoint for all of the little wrinkles that it can have. Mm -hmm. Like it takes about a year to fully install a new concept on defense. So that's not gonna, you know, everything isn't going to be great. Right. On the first day of spring ball. That's in, just the way in 10 practices or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I know Nebraska fans are very tired of hearing what I am about to say, but it is true in this case. Be patient. Be patient. It'll take its time uh, to get worked out because um, they're learning an entirely new scheme that has a lot of different wrinkles um, that can look a lot of different ways. Um, and it's going to take a while for everybody to get on the same page there, especially when the coaches, as of you know, a month ago, said that they didn't know what they wanted to do with it just quite yet. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, on a similar note to quarterback too, like a lot of this stuff is preliminary, you know, fall, that's where you're really solidify those roles. You know, they'll have that clear idea, but for now in the spring, I think we'll, we'll kind of get little nuggets from, you know, the different coaches like, Hey, this guy's working here or, Hey, you know, he's really impressed me as a linebacker. Uh, so I'll be interested to hear a couple of those things. And just a final note, I, I really like kind of Ty Robinson as that interior defensive lineman, but he's set to miss the spring. Uh, recovering from injury. So opportunities for for guys at that spot as well. And moving back to the offense, the other side of the ball, offensive line, how does that shake out? Because there's been some guys coming in, guys returning, but a lot of different moving pieces along there. And to me, the the big question was, we got the chance to talk to offensive line coach Donovan Rayola. I don't know about everyone else, but at least in my head, you know, I think Ben Scott is perfect, you know, slot in at starting center, well, Rayola, he said, you know, you might not play center. You might play tackle. He, he, he's a versatile guy. And for me, it's the question, you know, tackle, that's the premium spot on the offensive line. If Scott's the best there, do you play him there and, and figure out what you can at center? No. I like, I like Ben at center. Yeah. Obviously, we haven't seen him in practice yet, right? But you have power five experience playing that position. Like, to me, like, that is you know, the second most important position on the offensive line outside of your blindside tackle. So I like him there, but we'll see. Um, Ethan Piper could be a center. A couple different guys could be a center. 
Um, I'm really interested to see how things just shake out in general for the offensive line. Obviously, uh, no Teddy this spring, so that's going to play a factor in that. But I want to see how Nuri comes back into the fold here after a year off um, due to his suspension. Um, Where does Turner Corcoran fit? Like, I think the line could look very different from what it did last year. So, I don't know. I'm very intrigued, though. Same, and I, I, I agree with you. I like Scott a lot at center, too, because I, I think part of the equation is, do you feel like you need to have him at tackle for pass protection, or do you feel like you can have him at center and hopefully you know open up some spots in the run game there you know, along the interior of the offensive line? So, you know, I think that'll be kind of the balance, but I think they have enough guys at tackle that I feel like he, he just makes sense at center. So that's what I would anticipate. But again, Coach Rioli said they like to they like to train these guys at a lot of different positions, which is, of course, great. As we've seen, injuries injuries can happen during the season. You want them to be prepared. Uh, so that'll be, that, that'll be a, a similar kind of challenge to the defensive line. Again, figuring out what, what are these guys' best spots and are those going to carry through all the way to the fall. And another spot up for grabs, our, uh, our fourth burning question here. Only one more after that. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, but our fourth burning question, who's, who's catching the passes? I mean, if there's a spot where you're like, who's going to be the starting wide receiver on, who's going to be the starter, I should say, on day one, wide receiver is probably uh, the hardest position for me to peg. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Nebraska has clown-sized shoes to fill from last season. Uh, Trey Palmer could very well be one of the first receivers off the board. Um, we'll see. Uh, but he's just so talented. Like, how do you make up for that lost production? Um, I'm really interested how uh, IGC Isaiah Garcia Castaneda works back into the fold. He entered the transfer portal, came back. Um, but I really want to watch Xavier Betts. I think his speed could set him apart. Um, and then, obviously, Malachi Coleman as well. Um, but that's for later. Because this is spring <laughs> yeah. football, not... I'm getting ahead of myself. I just... Talented talented, uh, talented people all around. Um, but yeah, as of, yeah, as of spring, um, there's a lot of different wrinkles. I keep saying that word, but... It is what it is because you have Marcus Washington who has a lot of playing time. Same with Billy Kemp. I think he's older than his position coach. So there's there's a lot of different ways that they could go about this. Yeah. And as we kind of look at what they did at this position in the offseason, uh, they signed six high school wide receivers, added two from the transfer portal. And as you mentioned, welcome Betts and IGC back to the team. So that's eight, 10 new wide receivers you know, eight with the the two guys that came back, but, you know, potentially a lot of overhaul there. Marcus Washington was a great complimentary piece there to Trey Palmer. You know, can he step up as one of those top options? I really like Virginia transfer Billy Kemp. I think he's going to be big impact there in the slot. You also have Baylor transfer Josh Fleeks. Uh, so obviously familiar with rule and, and some of those things. Um, I really like Betts too. I think him and him and Coleman are who you, who you'd look at as kind of that outside wide receiver. So, as you mentioned, he won't be he won't be in in spring ball. So that'll that'll have to wait till the fall. But 
as we kind of look ahead, you know, it's like these these guys who are here for the spring because not all not a lot of those high school guys are here. So Bats, IGC, uh, some of these scholarship wide receivers who haven't really seen the field so far, uh, that'll be their opportunity to to make a strong impression this spring. And our final one, uh, kind of a, a general uh, question for the spring, what's different under Matt Rule? Because there will definitely be some noticeable changes. Uh, we'll get the chance to see that uh, because for one, we'll have we'll have more a little bit more media access this spring. Woohoo! Even if it is at the crack of dawn, <laughs> got to get up, start the day, start the day right. You know, with some uh, some drills out there. <laughs> I am not an early bird, but I will never complain about getting more media access. Absolutely, I just may need to double fist some coffee. <laughs> but you know, I'll, I'll also be curious to see. We've heard a lot about kind of the the team unity, you know, the, this competition week that they've been doing. How does that kind of translate to practice? Because you want that to translate to the games ultimately. Uh, but the first step of that is practice. Uh, lots of different drills and stuff uh, going on at the same time. You know, what? How do they kind of reorganize or restructure things? You know, there, there's a lot of different small, like non-major things that just when we get the chance to see them in person. Uh, maybe you'll go, okay, you know, that's a, that's a Matt Rule change right there. Yeah, I just, like he said, this is a fresh slate um, in so many different ways. Um, so more media access for us, that means fans get to know a little bit more since we get to see a little bit more, so do you. Um, obviously, there will be some position changes. Mm -hmm. um, who's going to be their fullback, um, right? Um Man, that could have been that could have been a burning question on its own right there. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um, will there be a lot of live tackling? Obviously, that was a hot topic last season. Um, but also, will they play an actual football game for the spring game instead of scoring points in ways um, that are a little strange? Um, maybe they can have that internally, but yeah. I don't know. Not on the scoreboard. But we'll see. There's several weeks before we get to that, though. For sure. So we will we'll see how those changes kind of take place, if there's anything major or, you know, if it's just kind of a, a few minor things here and there. But again, like you said, Matt Rule, he puts his stamp on things. He's learned a lot uh, from his time at Temple and Baylor. Uh, already has implemented some new things with Nebraska and spring spring practice starting on Monday. Uh, stay tuned. We'll have all the updates. So <laughs> plenty, plenty of coverage and, and details to come from that. But want to touch on a few of the other uh, Nebraska sports going on right now before we wrap things up. And as we record, of course, uh, the wrestling team competing right now at the NCAA tournament. Uh, Nebraska had five wrestlers advance to the quarterfinals. Liam Cronin, Brock Hardy, Peyton Robb, Mickey Labriola, and Silas Allred. And already this morning on Friday, Liam Cronin and Brock Hardy into the semifinals, which assures them All-American status. I think Nebraska is in the, the top 10, maybe a little bit higher than that in the team standings as well. Uh, so they're having, having a very strong start to their, their NCAA tournament. Good for them. They did really well last week, so this isn't surprising. Yeah, absolutely. And, and those guys, I mean, these, those five that all made the quarterfinals, they were all competing at such a high level all year. So not a, not a huge surprise to see them do it at the highest level. And in track and field, uh, just recently competed uh, NCAA Indoor Championships where eight Huskers earned first-team All-American honors. 
uh, Axelina Johansson in the shot put, Jonah Wilson shot put, Darius Luff in the hurdles, Jenna Rogers in the high jump, Maxwell Otterdahl in the shot put, Till Steinforth in heptathlon, and Taylor Latimer in, in weight throw, Mason Connor in the high jump. Uh, so a lot of different events. I believe Brenton Emanuel, uh, team coach, also brought home some, some region honors, uh, some other kind of end-of-season awards tri trickling in, uh, but very strong performance. I think you look at all those first-team All-Americans. And for Justin St. Clair, recently became a permanent full-time track coach. Really, really strong indoor season for them. Yeah, and you look, um, a lot of throwers um, and those throwers, like the reason why some of them are here is because of him. Yeah. Which is really important to note. So he can see talent, that's for sure. And they will, uh, as is the beauty with track and field, outdoor season just right around the corner. So they will uh, have the chance to, to keep continuing all those strong efforts. So uh, that's that with track and field. And onto our, our spring action right now, softball. Uh, just a, a quick recap for a few of the games that have gone, gone down since we were last on here. Lost a pair of games uh, to a very good Wichita State team, uh, always competing at a very high level there. Beat Missouri State twice, Omaha twice. And finally... Uh, we get Big Ten play, some home games here uh, coming to Bowen Stadium. Purdue is up next, uh, next weekend. So softball uh, off to a very strong start. I, I'd have to uh, imagine they're very pleased with how this non-conference slate has gone. Uh, but now you get those home games, get that Big Ten play, uh, and I think that'll be a, a real test for Ron Vell's group. Yeah, I mean, I, I can foresee them building off of last season and continuing to do something special. Absolutely. Courtney Wallace. Ooh. We mentioned her pretty much every episode, but she is a, a dominant, dominant force out there. She's so good, yeah. man. She's so good. Absolutely. It's like not even fair how good she is. No, I mean when when especially when you're when you're a softball pitcher and your stuff is, you know, all over the place. You know, they they've got these rising, you know, pitches. You got these these different types. I mean, it is really really tough for those hitters. It's. Just for someone watching from afar, it's like you got to appreciate uh, the craft and, and how good she is at it. She's so good, man. I've said that before. I will continue to say it again. Yeah, we'll, we'll, continue, got, we'll continue every week. <laughs> I've, got, I've got no words, honestly. She's phenomenal. Absolutely. And finally, on to baseball. Uh, baseball team had wins over Northern Colorado and Illinois State. Pair of wins against both those opponents. And that brought... Uh, Brought the team to nine wins over a 10-game stretch, averaged 9.7 runs scored per game. Uh, that was all nine wins on the year coming from that stretch, but that ended with a 10-6 midweek loss to Omaha. Uh, good baseball program up there in Omaha. I know a lot of people that have gone through that, so congrats to them on taking down the Huskers. But a little bit of a missed opportunity, I think, for Nebraska. Uh, you know, Trying to keep that momentum going, those midweek games are already tough, and then a little bit of a little bit of weather craziness going on uh, this weekend. Uh, planned series against Nichols was going to be four games here in here in Lincoln. Uh, they shortened it to three, moved it to Kansas State's campus. Well, yesterday ended up horrible weather here in Lincoln. I don't think it was too much better. Maybe a little bit less uh, less snow in Manhattan, but it ended up getting canceled. So doubleheader today on Friday. That's that's all they get from the series. Oh well, weather. Nebraska weather in uh, Mid in March, yeah. Midwestern marches. Yep. This happens. Games get canceled every year. That is just the way it goes. Unfortunately, or hopefully, it doesn't affect you um, when postseason. 
time comes around. Um, wishing you got another game, but that's what they get for scheduling games in the Midwest in March. Yes. It's, I mean, it's unpredictable. You know, 65 degrees the other day, yeah. snowing yesterday. How do you plan for that? Well, you hope you to get lucky. Yeah, hope to get lucky. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it just doesn't work out in your favor. Absolutely. And similar note to softball, uh, Big Ten play starting up as well. Illinois coming to Haymarket Park next weekend, uh, midweek game against Creighton right before that. But that's how things stand right now for for baseball and for softball. And of course, as I mentioned, spring football coming up. Make sure to stay tuned, journalstar.com. Follow us on Twitter at LJSLuke at underscore at Amy underscore just uh, for all the updates. I mentioned we'll be there bright and early Monday morning. Get that first uh, first practice in of the Matt Rule era. With my decaf coffee in hand. <laughs> Hooray. And my Red Bull. We'll be ready. <laughs> sugar free? Yeah. Yeah, sugar free. You know, right. come on. We we like we like to keep it at a at a good good baseline level, you know, there in the morning. And at all times of the day. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> but of course, you know, we, we appreciate all of you following along. Um, to all those updates, said stick with us all spring and and thanks for watching today's Life in the Red podcast. We'll see you next week.